Hello, everyone, and welcome to an all-new Deep Cuts Live. This is a special Deep Cuts. We have a guest who's making his third appearance on Deep Cuts and uh, someone who's been in the headlines a lot for the last couple of weeks. So we're going to be speaking to Mr. Matt Booth of Room 101. So let me just go ahead and bring on our guest. Hi, Antoine. Mr. Booth, how are you? You know, I'm great. And, and how are you, man? I'm doing well. It's, it's busy. I, I, I don't know about you, but I'm getting ready for to travel for the first time in a while to uh, Vegas for this PCA. So the last oh, couple I'll, of I'll see you out there. Been, yeah. So, and I know that your booth is right next to Michael Herklotz's booth. So those are like that is two correct. booths that are on my schedule of uh, people that I want to, to see. And it's nice that you all are right next to each other this year. So Looking I like to be to close that. to my friends. I'm I'm very shy, as you know, and it and it provides <laughs> oh, yeah, me with a safety blanket. And by the way, definitely. speaking of shy, uh, you know, I ha I couldn't help but notice. Uh, you know, we just uh, watched the the beautiful introduction uh, clip uh, for your show, right? And I, mm -hmm. I noticed there are no uh, there are no images of me uh, in that. I was uh, <laughs> just a little awkward. Um, figured that might be no a standard thing. There's no images of you know? anyone. There's, and there has, there, that's like one of those like year, year three investments. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we can make the investment to make a better intro. I always tell, I think when I had that made, I was like, can you make it look like the view? You know, like when, you know, you have like, you know, Whoopi and Joy and Sarah and, mm -hmm. and all that. And they're like, no, you're, this is what you get. <laughs> so Oh no, there should so. be, there should be no one else. I think the intro is fine. I think that they should just. And a picture of me should just like come into the screen for a second and leave and that's it. And almost in a way that's very jagged and almost inappropriate for what's going on so that people question if that was even supposed to happen. And I think that that would be a very nice touch. I, you know, I, what do I know? You know, obviously it's your show. I just, I think that would be nice. <laughs> just I just like it. It would be like uh, the Matt, what Matt Damon is to Jimmy Kimmel would be like Matt Booth will, float on the screen for no apparent reason. Uh, and we'll run out of time for you every every episode, unfortunately. Like Jimmy Kimmel says, I don't know if you watch that show, but like I, every, I not, every episode. But it sounds yeah, like. Every, at the, it's like a running gag at the end of the episode. You know, Jimmy Kimmel, he always says, oh, mm -hmm. sorry, Matt Damon, we ran out of time for you. Maybe next time. And it's just been ongoing Damn. now for like a couple of years. Sassy. <laughs> Sassy, man. Look at them. I wonder what the yeah. backstory is with that. That would be interesting. Matt Matt Damon probably canceled on them one time, and Jimmy Kimmel was like, "Oh, okay, I got you." <laughs> so the the news came out that you had actually that STG had acquired Room One Hundred One cigars, not like the whole, you know what? not the whole brand, <laughs> you but know what? just they the cigar did part. They did that. They right. did do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was this yeah. whole big news news thing, and I know that I know I think I don't know about from your perspective, which is what we're going to get today. But you know, just run just going through social media, going through Facebook, and and there's even some YouTube stuff that came up with everybody doing their own takes on it. What was mm -hmm. your, I guess, to start off with? Like you you've had a couple of weeks now to see the reactions. And I'm sure there'll be more reactions as it came out. What was your reactions to everybody else's reactions? I mean, I got to be honest with you. 
I've been far busier reaching out to our core consumers and retail partners and, and, and communicating directly with them, my messaging, uh, to have the time to really, uh, you know, troll the internet for, um, a lot of comments and reactions. I've seen a few and some have, have, have been brought to my attention by other people. So I'm getting around to it. You know, I'd say that across the board, anybody that's actually an operator in the game, a peer or someone that has been by my side in terms of, of our brand related to support or retail partners, all of it has been very positive um and and congratulatory and i think that they're very happy for us and the brand because they know that this is going to do exactly what we've set out to do uh in regards to this partnership is this is going to empower our brand beyond where we could have on our own as a small craft company and uh it's it's actually pretty magnificent you know um i i've heard i've heard that some people need to sippeth upon the beverage of haterade to quench their insatiable thirst. And I greatly appreciate all of the additional promotional efforts uh, that have been exercised on their behalf. You know, um, I suppose, uh, you know, what do they say? When people can't do, they teach or something like that. Well, in, in the business world, when people can't do, they hate. So uh you know for uh you know for all that additional free publicity i am greatly appreciative and thank you for continuing room 101's ongoing charted success yeah it's funny that no no you know what they used to say i don't know if they still say it in 2022 mm -hmm. but they used to say that no press is bad press you know so whether well, it's all it very good or bad it's all very interesting, man. And, and I happen to, I think across the board, you know, we've always, and I don't really, really want to dwell on this, this subject, uh, for a long time, but you know, I have a, you know, I kind of have a, a knack for earning people's respect and rightfully so. Right. And, and I do mean it when I say earn, you know, it's not given it's earned. I think that for the most part, um, we don't receive a great deal of, of, kind of that that negative troll sauce that that frequents the internet machine you know on a regular i think that this was such grandiose news and um you know it's the first look man this is the first craft company in our industry in the history of our industry that's been acquired by one of the majors this is this is a new thing right mm -hmm. and and so when you kick up enough dust man you know you can't help but to have that come along for the ride you know it's just part of the deal and if you don't have that, I quite frankly don't think you're doing it loud enough, strong enough, big enough. It's just how it works. It's a byproduct. It's just like helium is a byproduct of another process, right? They don't go out and and mine for helium. They they get it as offput from another process, but yet it's turned into this delightful thing that you can float balloons up to the sky and wave at them for 45 minutes or you can suck it into your little mouth pipe and then make a very funny cartoon like noise so even that off put is then used for something positive and i think that um in any case we use all energies directed at our brand um in a way that's positive even if it doesn't outwardly seem positive in the beginning yeah Does that makes sense um, 
somewhat. <laughs> Did it sound like I know what I'm doing? Well, you you always know know what you're doing. It's like you just like to take people into the journey sometimes with your explanations. So instead of like a, a straight path, it's like we're, we're going to deviate over here a little bit. We're going to deviate over there a little bit, but we're going to end up at the, at the destination that we intended. You know, when we started doing business in Japan with our silver brand, uh, we had an agent over there that ushered us into that market. And we had to, I had to show up and do a lot of like uh, trunk shows and in-store appearance type things. And, and I would travel with a, a translator and he was, he was completely fluent. Uh, he was a, a Japanese kid that was born in, in LA to um, uh, immigrant parents. And so he spoke like authentic from day one English, but also authentic day one Japanese. Mm -hmm. And his name was Hiroki, is Hiroki. And, uh, and he used to tell people or tell me, he said, I have to tell all of these people that I'm not just translating English. He said, I'm translating you. <laughs> because I have to translate the sentiment of your message because your words, if I just translated your words, they would think in the actual fuck is this man talking about? <laughs> I think that was a good way of, of him putting it. Mm -hmm. but, uh, he wasn't wrong. You know, with, with, when I read the, the news about Room 101, it just made me think of, again, like how the cigar industry is changing and is evolving. 100%. And so, you know, and, and I guess when I saw people's reactions, you know, you, you can't help but to think all these other things like how opposed we are to change and how we usually think that change automatically now is something bad. Yes, we, sir. Like, we always go to the bad place. We don't never say like, well, this could be actually a good thing. And so like if you thought more about the Room 101 thing, and I read into things a lot. So when I looked at the press release and I saw that they actually had Regis comment and, you know, comment on it and what he had said about the acquisition. I was like, it's a good thing because I don't think Regis would have gotten <laughs> gotten involved. I don't know. Uh, you know, I know of Regis and I've dealt with him a little bit, but I don't think he would have gotten involved and said what he said if it wasn't if, you know, they really weren't. They kind of saw room one on one as like being a good future for STG and Forge Cigar Company and saw the, the big potential in it, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I can't, I, I could only echo your sentiments, man. I mean, Regis not only is an, an oddly attractive gentleman, he is also a very shrewd business gentleman, a uh, businessman, right? And so I think that, that um, Room 101 was probably the most well-rounded uh, fill-in-the-blank brand opportunity at this stage of the game in the business, whether it's craft or boutique, or as I like to say, salon, um, <clears throat> you know, if, if they were looking to authentically expand into the craft category, which they are, were and are, um, they were the first large company to get, you know, to step outside of the framework of the box of tradition and say, you know what, we're not going to be able to test to baby a brand like this we have to come with the real deal and we have to find a viable partner both in brand and in person to help pilot this effort help us pilot the effort you know and that's what i think is so exciting about this i mean i think that you know i think that this if this was six years ago room 101 would have been as absorbed into uh 
a much larger company and probably destroyed, you know, mm-hmm. uh, with any with any entity. I'm not just uh, personalizing this with STG. I think that that their entire uh, company is aligned with the idea that um, craft segment is a viable market, a viable segment of the market that as their main company directive is premium cigars and to grow in the premium category, you know, that includes the craft segment. That's a long since verified, you know, viable component of our business. And, and they made, I think the right decision in terms of how they want, how they wanted to enter that space. And I'm, and I'm very proud to be partners with them in that, in that effort. This is, this is both disruptive, uh, which I have a knack for and very much enjoy participating in. And it's innovative, man. It's the first acquisition of its nature. And it has, and this isn't just like, Hey, we're going to buy a brand and kind of throw some shit at the wall and see what sticks. This is a chess move on both of our, uh, so how far back has, cause I think what got people was like, there's no inkling that you were interested in, in letting your brand be acquired. So how far back did this process go? My man, do you think I'm doing this for my health? Clearly not. (laughs) None of us are, you know, no no brand owner. I mean, I I don't know, man. I mean, look, I wouldn't have done this period if I wasn't fully confident that their intent was true and just in terms of the care and preservation of the authentic nucleus of our brand. This would have been a non-starter for me, but simultaneously, to only reinforce the fact that we have a shared vision in regards to this, I think it would have been a non-starter for them, for me not to be uh, amenable to staying as a director because they they want that guidance. This is a space that they don't play in. I mean, they're a gigantic star destroyer and I'm an X-wing fighter, right? Far more nimble by design And that's how, as a craft brand, we're able to achieve a lot of the things that we have is because of uh, the fact that, you know, as a star destroyer has to turn itself around and takes a a great amount of time, you know, we can zip and pivot and uh, continue to create. And that's really, um, I think, one of the um, one of the key components of our success thus far. And so they didn't want to encumber us in a way that would prevent us from operating in a a similar fashion. Yeah. And I think with a lot of acquisitions, you know, you can either go either way where you can just acquire it just to have it in your portfolio and you save it for a rainy day. uh, If you're Mm -hmm. a bigger company or, you know, you actually have a a plan. And I was saying to people in this little mini little audio podcast we did last week was that if you follow STG and you look at their financial stuff and they, have their roadmap for the next, you know, couple of years kind of mapped out. Like it makes perfect sense because how can you become, uh, you know, I forget there is that phrasing, but they want, they really want to become like the leader in handmade cigars, especially here in the U S mm-hmm. and how far can you go with what you already have? Like until you start to like have these brands like room one one the great thing about room one one is like, this is a brand that already has a following. It already has accounts opening. And as you mm-hmm. said, this new partnership just empowers room one one to get even bigger than it could, you know, 
without the acquisition. Oh yeah, I mean, look, this is, but this is also an, an act of finesse because yes, it will empower us, but this, this power with great power comes great responsibility, Antoine, as we know. And so the goal is to empower, but manage its empowerment and its path, its growth path, so that it is not overpowered, you know, to maintain um, our core clients support, right? To maintain uh, our, uh, you know, our brand as it was, only to turn the volume knob up on the existing source material. And that's the goal and the shared vision. What, what also made me laugh a little bit was that you had this press release that pretty much had statements from you, had statements from Regis, had statements from STG. It kind mm -hmm. of explained everything. And yet people still ran amok with this press release. Like they made their own interpretations. Yeah, I think, I think people amok. like to read between the lines uh, when there's nothing to read between. And they, right. you know, they like to fabricate their own universe. Um, obviously, uh, the message was very potent, right. And provocative. So, you know, a lot of people, when things of that nature come to be, they will latch onto it and try to leverage it to their advantage, whether it's, they just want somebody to click on their video one more time, you know, or, or whatever the case may be. Right. It's all, it's all in, uh, uh, an active positioning around something like that. You know, what was like the one, like, I'm sure you've seen some misconstrued things that people have completely taken out of context in that press release. What's been like the one thing that you're like, that's not what it said, or that's not what we meant by it? Well, I mean, I think, I think, uh, well, look, I think that when anything of this happens, it's human nature that there will be some questions, right? Do, does reality really match up with their message? You know, and I understand that. And that's why I'm making a point to connect with everyone I possibly can, you know, to reinforce what has already been put out there into the universe, man. I mean, you know, this is if, if anyone had their reservations or felt like, oh, here we go, you know, Room 101 is just going to be chewed up by this huge company. I mean, that's <clears throat> absolutely not true. You know, in fact, we've all worked very, very hard to build a system here that protects Room 101, you know. And, and I, as its caretaker, am tasked, one of my chief tasks is ensuring that that is the case, right? So, you know, STG is not absorbing our existing cigar production, you know, maniacally taking, you know, our cigar production away from William Ventura or Hoya. In fact, we're bolstering the numbers there and continuing to develop more products with them, as is appropriate for our brand, you know, and I think that, you know, but here's the deal. If there are some reservations, that's fine. That's my word. So that will satiate there are people that understand, like, if I say it, that's what it is. And they respect that. Now they are consoled. If someone needs to see it, well, you just stand by and you watch me do what I do. And you watch us as we approach market uh, uh, with ultimate respect and care for Room 101 as a cigar brand. And then you will also be consoled, you know, um, I think, but I think that that was the main takeaway from that, right? And and that's why that was in uh, my messaging, was I wanted people to understand that because it could have been different. You know, what do they know? They weren't there. You know, they weren't uh, party to the negotiations and all that. So, like, how would they know what the real sentiment 
was if I didn't tell them? I think most for most people is, and this is coming from me who deals with writing, not press releases, but stories and stuff from people, mm -hmm. is that over the years, I've seen people, it used to be like 10 years ago when I first got into the industry, most cigar people love to, to read stuff and they would consume mm -hmm. whatever. They would get these magazines, Cigar Aficionado, Tobacconist, and whatever, and they would read from cover to cover. And now it's so hard to get people with social media and the internet and everything being so fast paced. It's almost they like want the TikTok videos. Right. And it's almost like the beginning of that. We Madonna. should make a TikTok video and, uh, <laughs> about this. Right. I mean, no, That's but it's a good idea that you we have. laugh, but it's like I've been having these conversations with people lately. It's like you really have to think of the channels that consumers are using now to get the messaging across. You know, like the press release said everything you need to say, but who's going to read the press release? Is it going to be people like me who read mm -hmm. books all the time and stuff like that? And then, or people are going to read halfway through. Like I always look at when I post stuff on LinkedIn, for example, it'll say this is a two minute article, but then I go to like the analytics and it's like people spent an uh, like a minute and 30 seconds. So there's something that they didn't get unless they're are speed readers. That, right. And right. I think that was probably the case with the, with the press release is like, some media outlets post the whole press release. Some some of them post pieces of it or some of them rewrite it. So it's like, what messaging is it? And that creates, I think these days, the confusion. And then you have people who don't read at all. So they're gonna hear what somebody tells them. So if there's mm -hmm. somebody on Instagram or some there's YouTube who puts out there what the news was, mm -hmm. are they gonna yeah. actually go through and find their original source and, and say, well, that's not what it said, it said this. So it's just like the times, unfortunately, that we live in that mm -hmm. it just creates confusion. That's why media-wise, I found that you have to kind of deliver that message in a video format, in an audio format, like you said, in a TikTok, three-second, mm -hmm. 15 15-second format. TikTok, man. It's mm -hmm. like all the stuff you have to do now to get the, the message across. It's just crazy. Mm -hmm. but, but you know what, man? That's part of the job. And, and part of my job is to make sure that that message resonates as much as humanly possible, you know, because I want people to hear it from me. I want them to hear the truth. I want them to understand what our mission is and um, the reasons for this, uh, this acquisition are all based on the empowerment of Room 101. You know, they all center around the fact that this is the best thing that possibly could have happened to this cigar brand at this stage of its, of its development. You know, and now it's time for the next level. Yeah. And do you see you being one of the I always refer to that cigar press cover with you and Pete Johnson and John Hoover and all these other mm -hmm. figures, Jonathan Drew and um, Dion and all these other big figures in boutique. Do you think we're entering into a phase of the industry where some of these larger companies that need to, you know, control like not control but need to expand their footing in the industry like they're going to start looking you know throughout the industry and saying like is this a viable brand that we can bring in and empower or do you think it's just it's going to be business as usual because the cigar industry is very slow to like adapt well, to like yeah nobody wants to be first but we've already been first and here's the deal there will be other there will be competitors that see the chess move that understand the dynamics and understand the value. 
And, you know, this is the first craft brand to be acquired by uh, a major entity in our business, but it will surely not be the last, right? So uh, as the kids say, I think we're going into acquisition season if you catch them <laughs> adrift. So, but here's the deal. By the time they get uh, a contender on the starting blocks, I'm going to be two years ahead of them. So this is, this is all about um, continuing to take point in the uh, continuous development of the craft segment of this market. That's what we're doing, you know? Yeah. Like, where do you, what can you share with us? Because I know you can't share some stuff, but what can you share with us about where Room 101, the cigar brand goes from here? Well, look, I think, you know, it's going to grow uh, in ways that I could not have uh, supported personally uh, as a small family owned business. And, and that's, you know, going to include global reach, you know, intelligently, you know, not, not whorishly, you know, we're going to grow this brand strategically and in a healthy fashion with a healthy footing, the right retail partners and, and continue and just continue to beat the drum uh, together. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. I said many things without saying much, but it's true, <laughs> but it's true. This will mean global reach for Room 101, but honestly and effectively, and not in a way um, that corrodes the craft nucleus of our brand spirit. Well, yeah, and I would imagine that it frees up some of your time that you don't have to worry about some of those tasks that as a sole brand owner, you are having to yeah. on your own. Now there's other people who can take away some of those not so fun task. And that's always something that we talk about on deep cuts with a lot of the yeah. cigar owners and Michael Hercots, especially about, you know, Instagram gives people this impression that the cigar industry is just one big party. Like you just travel, you know, you smooth, you, you, you know, hang out with people, but they don't see those like not so fun parts of where you're like hunched over a computer for hours or your own phone call after phone call, trying to track down, what what's happened to this border or where are these bands at? Yeah. What, what is the cellophane coming from? What shortage is, is impacting this order? You know, there's so much mm -hmm. other stuff that people don't see that, you know, gives them this impression. Like they don't know what work goes into getting that box of cigars into their local tobacconist. Yeah. I don't think many people are conscious as to just how heavy of a grind this is for all brand owners. And, and honestly, man, they shouldn't, they shouldn't be taken to meet the wizard. You know, they should be left in a state of euphoric enjoyment of our products and the ability to psychologically connect and immerse themselves in, uh, whichever brands, uh, cloud of pheromone dust that they wish to right? with which, what brand or brands they most psychologically align to and, and be a part of something. You know, that weight is meant to be carried and shouldered by us, but the weight is very heavy. And I think the weight is far heavier than they would ever imagine, you know, in such a business of enjoyment, I might add. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, so so for me, the empowering moment here is that now I have a team. I have a team of salespeople in the streets every day that are animals and out there for blood. I, and on behalf of myself and the forged uh, brand portfolio, 
I have, I have a team of people that will support our brand logistically. You know, all of these things that I had to do everything myself as a one man gang, I am now this weight is lifted off my shoulders. And now I can focus on the components of the branded business that I excel in package design, blend development, you know, pathway to market, you know, uh, all of the things that I've always done outwardly that you've seen me do outwardly uh, or seen um, uh, seen out there that are definitely a byproduct of, of my effort and my touch. Now that's all I have to do. So now I get to do more of that. And that's and that's powerful for me. And that's powerful for the brand. And it's powerful for our team. Yeah. And as you know, when I was thinking about this interview this morning, I was thinking about the last two years, especially with mm -hmm. the pandemic and how oh, yeah. it just changed everyone and it changed everyone's perspective about what they're doing and about just business and, and life in general. Did how did that mm -hmm. kind of your decision like your decisions leading up to this acquisition? I mean the the pandemic was part of our pathway to acquisition. Because during the pandemic, we pivoted and and began to directly connect with our consumers. Although I was I've always made a point to be as accessible as possible. And that's part of our brand's genetic overall. Um, you know, I think when the pandemic kicked off, and I can only speak for myself personally, but I realized very quickly, like, oh, I haven't even scratched the surface of leveraging social media in the way that I could be to be as responsible as possible to our brand and to our consumers. So, so I dove in very heavily and, you know, along with most people, I think if, I think in, in our category, if you didn't see exponential growth during the pandemic, you were just simply asleep at the wheel. You know, I mean, it was, it was nothing short of a, a newfound boom fueled by consumption in our industry and our brand grew uh exponentially during that period of time and my touch with consumers became even stronger than it had ever been before all of these added up to a very uh enticing picture for a potential suitor well and i think too that's what you're going to be able to bring to stg um i think showing them that human touch and being super mm -hmm. accessible because I think that that's changing in the cigar industry. It used to be that you could just put out a product and send out a press release and, and that was that. But now I found that, especially with doing deep cuts, is that a lot of consumers want to know the faces behind their brands. They want to see that human touch. They want to know the story. They may not, like you said a few minutes ago, they may not want to know all the, you know, this is how many hours I spent on a computer this week. You know, this is... Mm -hmm. the, you know, logistic problems that we dealt with and all this stuff, but they want to know the story. And I think that they appreciate that cigar brand or that product far more when they can attach it to a face, they can see that mm -hmm. human touch. They know that when they post on Instagram, that it's not just some random person, you know, hired out of college to, to manage that account. Cause it's going to send them a smiley face and that's going to be it. Like it's mm -hmm. a person. So I'm thinking that that's what you're going to be able to bring also and, and show stg like this is the matt booth effect and if you can somehow you won't be able to replicate it but if you can like plant little seeds you know in all these brands of of this is how you you do it then all these brands kind of prosper from it 
Well, I mean, there's no there's no doubt that this is uh, this is a relationship of, of true mutual benefit and, and a real partnership. And and I know uh, I know what that looks like because I also know very well what it doesn't look like over the years of being active in business. Right. So this is a relationship that I'm wholeheartedly embracing and fully vested in. And I think that they're going to learn a lot from me. And I also think simultaneously I'm going to learn a great deal from them. You know, this is an opportunity for me to continue uh, to grow uh, in the cigar category um, uh, as a creative director, as well as in my business overall as a businessman. So um, uh, I couldn't be more excited, to be quite frank, if we're being frank, <laughs> frankly speaking. <laughs> well, one thing I was excited about um, from this is that you're still going to be at, like I said, like the trade show coming up. Mm -hmm. if, yeah. if, you know, we're acquired. Oops, we're not going to be there now. Is that you're still going to be there. And you knew how I saw you were speaking to Michael Herklotz the other day. So I kind of saw mm -hmm. that you were saying like how important you knew that you knew it was important for you to, to be there regardless of if the overall STG might not have a big presence at the show, but you need to have a presence at the show. I, I mean, I think this year it's this year it's critically important. You know, uh, like I said, my my chief mission at this point is to touch as many uh, people as humanly possible. You know, uh, and and to to get my message out there. You know, I do your show, and and you know, however many people watch this that have not seen me speak on this matter before, now have the download direct from me, mm -hmm. and then they can at least take the the authentic message, the truth and process that how they see fit or how they're capable, right? But it's my job as as the continued caretaker for this brand that I founded in my apartment in 2003 uh, to make sure that I get that message into as many mind pots as humanly possible. Yeah, and also you have like new releases to, to promote at the show this year. Oh, of course. 13th anniversary. Oh, yeah. Also, there's that. Thank you for mentioning <laughs> that. Yes. And you have a new, what was it? Uh, so there's 13th anniversary. Right. There's Payback Nicaragua. Right. And Farce Nicaragua. Okay. You have, have you announced the Farce Nicaragua? No. Not yet. <laughs> so that's that's something people can look forward to in a short amount of time. So what can you share about each one of those releases? And I know you don't share, you don't want to share everything, but kind of tease people as to what to expect. Well, 13th anniversary is highly sexual. We made it with AJ. It's a Nicaraguan Maduro, uh, all composed with tobaccos from his farms. And it's in line with the highly erotic experience that you have come to understand is, is very present uh, in our anniversary series. It's fantastic. Moving on, uh, both Payback and Farce Nicaragua, we will proudly manufacture with our partners at Hoya, expanding uh, the sub-brand um, collections that we make with them to three. You know, they currently manufacture Payback Connecticut for us proudly, and, and they will also add a Nicaraguan extension uh, to those two collections as well. Um, the the blends are rockstar and they are intrinsically uh, hoya in nature you know so uh, i think people are really going to 
enjoy them. One, I know I do. And two, it's it's part of my overarching vision for the brand that we will be uh, a house of experience and that, you know, strategically, I work with different factories to provide these vastly different experiences in terms of our blend composition, you know, um, because you could give the same blend, the formula for Farce Maduro, and you could give that to AJ Fernandez and he would make it and the cigar would be fucking amazing but it would literally blow your doors off because he would do it in his style with his touch. Right. And so Farce Maduro is, is comprised of, of two different broadleaf components, San Andreas Maduro and some Nicaraguan C98. It's meant to be a powerhouse cigar, but the way and the style of touch that the Venturas have, you know, this becomes a very flavorful, sophisticated medium body experience. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to work with the right people in connection with the right projects, if that makes sense. Well, what is it like working with AJ? I love AJ and he loves me. We're both <laughs> crazy as fuck, but we love each other, you know? And I think, I, I honestly, man, I remember the, the first time I walked the floor of his factory, I was taken back to like my first several visits to a cigar factory. I was so excited because I was looking at the product on the rollers tables. And I was like, look at these cigars. Look at how beautifully they're rolled. And that's not a slight against anyone else we work with, but it was definitely on another level and noticeable, you know? And I think that he has, it's, it's so uh, impressive to me that he has built such a large machine in terms of manufacturing prowess, but maintained a level of quality that is typically reserved for a far more intimate facility, you know? Um, and, and I think that that's uh, something that, that I'm very proud of in terms of having him as a manufacturing partner. And I, I would, I, I don't want to, you know, put words in anyone's mouth, but I have to assume that he would be proud of that too. And that that's a, a chief focus for him because if it wasn't, it wouldn't be present uh, or part of the nature of his factory. And I know that collaborations are a big part of what SDG is kind of focusing it on right now. You've mm -hmm. seen a lot of really interesting uh, collaborations come out of SDG, different brands like Diesel um, mm -hmm. in particular. Um, what if you could choose anyone in the industry like that you haven't had a chance to work with yet? Mm -hmm. Is there anyone that comes to mind that you would love to kind of collaborate with on something that's, I guess, branded Room 101? White Owl. I would rock a collab with White Owl in a second. This is my uncle's go-to lifetime cigar. And it has such a delightful little graphic of an owl sitting on a branch. And I always imagined that if we could like somehow impose my face on that fluffy <laughs> little owl, just looking out <laughs> at you from the little perch, I think that would be very nice. I don't know that they would want fuck all to do with something like that, but I would be very enchanted to participate in a collaboration of that nature. Wow. Like I would, that's so like left field. Like I wouldn't even think about you wanting to collaborate with white owl. Well, look, man, white owl is the first cigar that I smoke. White owl is the cigar that my uncle continuously goes back to when his supply from me has run dry. This is uh, this is a cigar uh like like there are several i mean even like baccarat things of that nature these are these are the cigars that that you don't see posted on TikTok, 
but these are the the I smoke every day to smoke something cigar smokers cigars and they will forever be a staple um in our category and i know that's funny to say because you know we i deal in boutique and 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 you know uh, very artisanally artisanally dressed products you know but this is this is a cigar smoker's cigar man so what better to you know um what better product to mix with than a than a a, a foundation level product for smokers yeah and it reminds me of you know, Jonathan Drew a couple of years ago at uh, TPE gave the speech about segmentation and about how he built the Drew Estate brand and saying that you needed something that got you into the category, that got you into mm-hmm. smoking. And you couldn't necessarily, you couldn't start somebody, you could try to, but he says it's very hard to start somebody off at like the underground level, like yeah. you know, something entry level that gets people kind of into the motion and then have something else middle grade that you kind of, graduate them into and you build them up to that pre super ultra premium as he calls it like level mm-hmm. and how that's always stuck with me. So it makes like when you explained it like that, it, it does make sense. Oh, I think, I think a great deal of brand owners uh, should be thanking Jonathan drew for affording them uh, a vehicle to introduce uh, to new smokers and new smokers to us uh, as a marketplace. Right. Acid is, I don't want to use the term gateway because that would be, uh, you know, some, someone might take a clip uh, through it and look, they have gateway products, man. And that's not the case, but it is a way that it is, uh, there's less of a barrier to entry there for a person that's interested in getting into it. It's softer, uh, to the touch in many ways. And, um, I, it's like you said, it's also about getting someone into the mechanics of the ritual of enjoying the moment and enjoying the smoke. And, and there's something to that. So I personally say thank you to Jonathan Drew. And I think uh, many other people could make the time to text him and say thank you today. His phone's gonna blow up. He's gonna be like, why the fuck is every, what the fuck is this? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Matt Booth said thank you. We'll see, it would be funny if it happened, but. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll cut this clip out and we'll make it like a, a Instagram post and see if we can start a viral uh, sensation. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. Jonathan. <laughs> yeah. And how crazy was it? Uh, you know, how crazy was it that that in the beginnings and the rumblings of of some of the regulatory stuff that that he was, you know, that that acid was was attacked, right? And a lot of fingers were pointed at that. And what mm-hmm. they should have been doing is protecting it. Yeah. Um, as we kind of get towards the tail end of our interview there was one i was thinking about all the different interviews that you and i have done over the years and i went back to brand magic and and oh yeah man and something came up about it articles ever (laughs) written and just something this came up about it yesterday when i was going through it and i was thinking i was like that was like the first time that like like i said you and i really connected and we did this article and i was wondering here it is 2022 I, I, that article is years ago it might have been like 2018 maybe it was like when i first started yeah, it was like seven, 17 18 something like that yeah so what would be your definition of brand magic here in 2022 absolutely no different than in that article 
brand magic is uh, a cosmic science and it's a composition of elements that many are intangible. And I think, uh, you know, I've been fortunate enough to, for some odd reason, been born with an innate knack for uh, putting brands together and branded products together. And I think that as long as you keep the soul in the product, I think that this is the core of, of brand magic is that you produce a product and you, and you offer a brand that has a soul because whether or not someone can outwardly identify that, right. Or verbalize it. I think that, um, everyone is receptive to that and, and the products hit differently. The brands hit differently. People absorb their message differently. And, uh, I, I think the, the nucleus of, of all brand magic is soul. And authenticity, which kind of go hand in hand, sometimes not, but in this case, I'm going to say they do. Cause I was thinking about brand magic and knowing that you're going to continue thankfully to have a role in room one-on-one going forward. And now it's like your brand magic should be even bigger now, because like I said, there's some certain oh, yeah. things that you probably had to worry about before that kind of not hindered you, but it was, I know for me, like, during the day, it's like, I'm not just writing all day. I'm working on emails. I'm responding mm-hmm. to people, researching certain things. And before I know it, it's like four o'clock and I'm like, I got an hour to, <laughs> I have the hour to go. And I, it's like, and I got other things to do after, after work. So right. to, to have certain things kind of taken off your plate, like I can only think that your brand magic and your ability to practice brand magic will, will be even wider now. My brand magic just got a massive dose of steroids yeah so i'm just excited about what you know we're going to be able to achieve you know in the near uh future as well as long term it's just very exciting to me uh as a brand builder and a continued participant in the process in this space i couldn't be i couldn't be happier man and i couldn't be happier for our brand and also you know ultimately for our consumers man because this is a, a tremendous win for our brand family and that 100% includes them. Yeah. And you, you know, I know somebody, I won't, they were making a big deal about this, that you should have told the, the your shadow army first. And I was like, that's not how business works. Like <laughs> you weren't going to be able to probably let that announcement come out first, you know, to, to those We people. actually, we actually informed our shadow army in real time as the announcement rolled out, they all received a message directly to them in their email. Yeah, and I got they it. Too. The, yeah, so, they were the first people to be informed, actually. Exactly. I, I, think goes, I know. I think it goes people trying to stir up. You know, it's, it's funny how how personal. I think it's a good thing, it, even though it's probably annoying to to be in that position. I think I've been in that position with certain things I've worked on in the past where people just take it way so personally, and that well, they have. I don't think it, Antoine. I really don't think it has to do with people taking it personally. I think that people see, uh, if people can see past the tip of their nose, they see the power in this relationship. And therefore, if not aligned with us, they could probably feel threatened by the potential of what could uh, be to come. And so they will now scramble to try to position themselves around the message to try to leverage it to make it to their advantage, you know, to, uh, to gain some ground. But one way or another, we're coming. <laughs> so have a nice weekend <laughs> on the 
I know since you've been out here last time, mm-hmm. at the end of every interview, I usually ask common questions now to everyone. Okay. And I don't okay. think I asked you those questions when you were on last year. So uh, the first of those questions is, what is your why? What motivates you to do what you do? My son, my family, to give them uh, a life that I could have never dreamt of and and to make sure not not and not to spoil you know not to spoil but to give solid ground uh beneath his feet my my dream for my son is that i can equip him uh uh with an understanding of business that i didn't have as a kid and an understanding of uh how he can create a system where he can um sustain life in a way that's far more in his control than in the control of others and and that he could have the platform he needs to pursue his dreams and that's why i do what i do every day uh the second of those questions is someone comes to you and they say matt i have an idea for a business uh it might not necessarily be a cigar business or related to tobacco but they have their own idea for whatever business uh mm-hmm. thing that comes to mind and yet they don't know how to get started what's your mm-hmm. advice to that person to get rolling and get started with their idea i tell them first thing you have to do is 7 30 tomorrow evening you have to meet me in the men's locker room at the local ymca wear only a towel kneel on the ground cup your hands i will i will (laughs) arrive i will urinate into your cupped hands and from there i will explain to you the rest of the story (laughs) okay and then after that part What advice do you have for that person just to get started uh, in that home? Well, look, man, the chief uh, component to my, and I don't want to be so forward as to throw the word success around in this conversation, uh, but tempered with humility, I would say that the key uh, or one of the key ingredients to my success is that you sit face to face fiber optically uh, now, uh, Antoine, with the most stubborn person that you have ever come across in your lifetime. And this brand should have never succeeded. This should have never worked. You know, um, we fought through and against things that, uh, quite frankly, would have and and I have watched them best. Uh, some of the most capable competitors. And so, you know, they say, right time, right place. I always say, right time, right place, right person, because I think it's. Uh, I think it's uh, a combined effort because the wrong individual or the wrong brand could be aligned, you know, with that time slot cosmically and not work out. You know, I think the key uh, to any business endeavor is to to put the blinders on, to focus on your goals and to not stop no matter what ever, because it's never a question of if it's only a question of when it's going to work. But your when might be 15 years in the future. So you have to make sure that you have the stomach uh, for the business. It just goes back to the whole thing about patience. You know, most people, when I ask that question to, they say, or I ask them, what have they had to learn in order to, to be better at their job or what they do? They say patience, because so much of our culture right now is based on instant results and instant gratification that patience is like not the idea like you said mm-hmm. um, success as whoever however you define success it could 
come with, you know, a couple months worth of work, but it could, mm. it usually takes a couple of years and yeah. people don't put in, they don't want to think in terms of years anymore. They want to think in terms of like next year Seconds. at this time. Right. Or yeah. Like I want that instant result. I want to release this press release and have it, this item sell out. I want to mm -hmm. make this announcement and my phone just like dies. Cause I've getting so many mm -hmm. instant messages and stuff are, I just want to accomplish this. I want to, I want to make a million dollars by the time I'm 30 and they have no idea, but it's like, why? And like, what, what are you going to do? What sacrifice are you going to make in order to do that? And I think that a lot of people don't want to think about sacrifice and patience and that it takes time to build something up. You just don't launch it or start it and see results right away. That is correct. And quite frankly, I would echo your sentiments, but I would add another word because I think in addition to patience, uh, it takes perseverance. And that's different. Patience to me says waiting. Perseverance to me says patiently fighting. Awesome. You know, I was speaking to Tony Gomez last week. Oh, skyscraper. I like him. <laughs> he said, you know, I told him I was going to be speaking to you this week. And he said, uh, he said, ask Matt about Alcapoco. Oh, dear. Oh, my. <laughs> Hi, Tony. I, like, I feel like that's a story that I don't know if it's, what's going to become of that. I was like, but I will. I'll do it. You know, there are far <laughs> too many intimate details and, and we and we've run so short on time but i would be very very delighted to share that experience with you at another time i look we, forward to it. we survived that place and ourselves that night <laughs> i don't even know i don't know if i even want another story <laughs> i mean you you might it's fun you know it's like a tuesday night in the cigar business back in the day so i mean it's delightful but uh uh, we'll we'll chat about it over a, a, a fine uh, Room 101 gin-driven beverage at the trade show. Okay. Well, I was about to say, I think that's a good point to kind of end off on. I'll, we're all getting ready for, like I said, to travel to Vegas, and I'll be there that, that weekend mostly. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm going to make an effort to stop by and see Please you. Please do. Sure you're going to have a line of, of people. So it'll be like a Disney World trying to, to get into the Matt Booth booth. I'll be there um, chatting them up. As I do, it'll be fun. Yeah, we'll have a so nice time. Hopefully, hopefully, I get a moment with you and uh, oh yeah, to, to chat and to see you in you person. It's been a couple of months since I've seen you in person, so looking forward my to man, that. My man, you always and forever have a reserved seat at my table. Oh, <laughs> thank you so much, and thank you for making it. Like I said, you're the first person to make three appearances on Deep Cut, so you make one in every season that we've had so far. So you oh, were the very interview, and then you kind of helped us close out last year, and now here you are. Uh, it's been shocking. We've gotten thirty, what is it, thirty some episodes done this year so far. Nice man. So nice. you're episode thirty three. So perfect. Yeah, I'm honored, man. Thank you for thank you for having me back. Uh, most people ask that I never come back, so this is amazing. <laughs> Well, it's always a good time to talk to you. And like I said, uh, congratulations on selling or being able to make this next move with Room 101. And I'm very interested in seeing what becomes of it. Uh, you know, I, here next to me, I have a box of Johnny Tobacco Knot 
So every day I, I have like a little moment where I room one on one pops into my mind. Uh, nice. So I'm looking forward we to seeing. We have a knack for doing that. <laughs> sort of to seeing what else you know comes out of. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be some fun collaborations and fun just releases in general. And I'm glad you're still working with uh, Ventura and all that kind of stuff to because. Mm-hmm. They do some pretty interesting things, and Henderson. The future's cool. bright, my man. The future's yeah. bright, and it's wide open. And I couldn't be, I couldn't be more excited, man. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you for coming on today, and I want to thank everyone for watching. Like I know people are probably watching on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube right now. So wherever you're watching, make sure you hit that subscribe button and uh, the notification button if you're on YouTube. To be notified anytime we have new interviews, we try to do one interview a week. The July schedule is going to be off a little bit because, like I said, we're actually going to be in uh, Vegas uh, at this big trade show. So there'll be a lot of video, hopefully, content coming out of that. So the the schedule might be off a little bit in July, but we'll be back to it uh, as soon as possible. Uh, And if you want to watch this interview in its entirety or any other interview, just go to deepcutslive.com. And if you're listening to this on any of the podcasting uh, platforms, Spotify or iHeartRadio or uh, Apple Podcasts, just make sure you hit that subscribe button and also review this podcast. You can leave a nice comment for Matt Booth if you want in that review. Uh, Any reviews kind of help us to improve what we do here and help me with the interview process. So thank you again. Thank you, Matt Booth. And thank everyone for watching. And until next time. Thank you, man. Take care.